Welcome to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz, a candid conversation as we learn about types of dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, frontal temporal, and Lewy body, and the effects on the people we love. Jill's years of dedication and experience help you adapt, overcome obstacles, and find positive outcomes. It's time for Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. Hello, my caregiver nation. I hope everybody's doing well this week. I have a friend in the studio with me, Carrie Johnson, and Carrie works with Crimes Against Seniors in Jefferson County, Colorado, and we've become friends over the years because I've had to call on you a few times, Carrie. Yes, you have. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks. I'm glad to be here. I'm really glad to have you on today because, boy, through the pandemic... I have just seen scams going through the roof every time I turn around. I, I received one just yesterday that looked like it came from the state of Colorado telling me that I had an unemployment claim. I don't have any employees. <laughs> it's, so unless I complain about myself, Carrie... I don't know who would have been complaining. Uh, well, we could spend the whole time because that is the newest scam out there. And it's not just Colorado. It's the nation. Really? Yeah. And, and like all of the other scams, the people who are committing this are outside the U.S. Somehow they've gotten people's information, including, Jill, their Social Security number. Oh, wow. Because they can't have unemployment benefits filed without a social. So I don't know if the crooks have gone to um, the people that stole the, the information from Experian, uh, you know, about 18 months ago and have purchased that information. But I've had not had mm, within... Two, three months, and, I, and maybe for your listeners, it doesn't sound a lot, but this is really a lot. I've had 80 calls on the unemployment. and all, Yeah, all but two of them have been retired folks because there's no employer to check with. So they've got a scheme down to where they're filing for unemployment benefits using people's information. And then a card is sent out by U.S. Bank with the unemployment benefits on it. It's called a Relia card. It's a blue visa card. Mm -hmm. And it's a timing thing. They know how long it's going to take for that card to get to people's homes. They call up. They say, oh, we've moved. I'm so sorry we didn't notify you. I need to have the card sent to another address, and it's sent out of country. Wow. So on each one of these, they're, getting, they're reaping like thirteen to $1,800. And then the person that receives it, first of all, Older adults are scared to death, Jill. Because right. why did I get a credit card? This must be a scam. But And then usually it's got somebody else's name and their address. So it has been really, really confusing and tough. And one of the things is because I know to file for unemployment benefits, they have to have a social security number. Mm -hmm. It is imperative that people put a security freeze on their credit report if they happen to get one of these letters. Because if they have a social, then they can open credit in that individual's name anywhere in the world. And they will never know it until a debt collector starts calling months later or something like that. So it's just a horrible scam. Okay. So let's walk through this again because I'm sure people are right now freaking out that are listening to this. So I received one of these yesterday. Okay. I knew that I don't have any employees. So <laughs> I have volunteers, but I don't have any employees. So I didn't even open it. Okay. I saw the email come. But I shouldn't just ignore it. 
is what you're saying. Yeah, I think you ought to open it, Joe, because I don't know how carefully you check the envelope, but that envelope is going to contain one of two things. Mm -hmm. It's either going to contain a Visa Relia card issued by U.S. Bank. If there is one of those in there, you want to get down to a U.S. bank, don't try to call because you'll be on the phone forever. Okay. Find a, a nearby U.S. bank, go down and say, I got to rely a card. They, okay. they ought to know what that is at this point in time. Mm -hmm. I need to have this canceled to make sure it can't possibly be used. Or you got a 1099 mailed to you from unemployment saying this is to report your unemployment earnings. And you have to file then another form called a 1099-G disputing those earnings. You know, I received one of those yesterday too. Then you need to file the 1099-G repudiate form, send that off to the Colorado Department of uh, Employment and Labor. So these thieves are getting really savvy. Now they're forcing uh. us to actually do something to stop it. Yeah, and here you are. You're just sitting, running your life, you know, trying to do the best you can with all this COVID mess going on. Right. And some crook somewhere in the world has gotten hold of your information, and now they're making you have to respond to whatever state you live in. I don't know about other parts in the world, but whatever state you live in to respond to the Department of Employment and Labor and repudiate these things you've gotten. Wow. Wow. Well, I've got some work to do because they have obviously targeted me. Well, <laughs> oh my gosh. If you've gotten that, they've gotten you. And again, uh, they wouldn't have any idea whether you'd have 100 employees, no employees. They're just taking people's information and doing this, you know, in violation of all of their um, personal rights. So that's just one. I want to tell you another one that's come up that okay. I've heard recently. And I get this all the time. Geez, I guess I should be so deeply grateful that somebody is so worried about my car warranty. <laughs> Holy smokes, Carrie, what's going on? You talk about a random, uh, you know, <laughs> I get them at the district attorney's office. <laughs> and it's like, what is wrong with you people? But again, we're talking about your typical robocall. All they do is slot in all these phone numbers and make those calls. I want to say something about that because this isn't real widely known at this point in time, Joe. I have gotten, you know, so many calls over the years. I'm so tired of being called by crooks and I'm tired of those robotic calls. I had a lady I talked to two weeks ago who got 23 in one day. Oh, I, wow. Just, just trying to wear her resistance down right, right. to see if they couldn't talk to her. In today's world, if people will do a web search and just put in robotic call blocker. Okay. A whole page will come up. There are blockers for landline phones. There are blockers for smartphones. I don't know the technology, Jill, because I'm not that smart. But <laughs> something in this device allows it to um, identify the signal coming from a call that's been made by a computer, and it immediately blocks it. Okay, say that again, the name of that. Well, they want to do a Google, I don't want to say Google search. They want to do a web search okay. on robotic call blockers. Okay. Uh, there's a real famous one out there if they want to do that. It's called Nomo Robo. <laughs> I love that. Nomo Robo. Nomo Robo. And, and another one that I love uh, where it answers the robotic call and it says, this no number is no longer in service. Oh, wow. So you get scratched right off the crooks list. It's really a great item. And um, I don't know, they run seven bucks or something like that. They're very, very cheap. 
Wow. Well, we've got a lot to talk about today because those those thieves, those scammers are working overtime. And I want to make sure that our listeners are aware of it and not uh, feeding into it. They, we don't mean to, but it happens. So one that we've talked about, you know, there a couple of uh, years ago you were on the show and we were talking about the five red flags. Right? Right. And uh, and thank goodness there are some red flags. Well, if scammers are going to pick our pockets, there are things, methodologies that they have developed that they use over and over again. And, Jill, my big concern is that I, I go out and maybe talk to a senior group, and I say, whatever you do, you know, do not respond to the Spanish lottery. And then someone calls me the next day and they said, now I got a call last night that I'd won the Jamaican lottery. That's okay, right? Well, you and I know these scammers are changing their methodology as much as they can. The front approach, you want a lottery, you have a problem with your computer, social security is going to be taken away from you, whatever they might face the scam with. So... I came up through literature and information searches with five things that I see them do all the time. You want me to run through them real quickly? Absolutely. Okay, Let's do here it. we go. They're very obvious, and they're things that people already know. But my hope is this: if they hear two or three of these red flags in some kind of an email or phone call that's coming into them, I'm hoping they will then be able to identify that even if they've never heard of it before, right. as a scam. So here we go. Number one, real quick, they contact you. You didn't contact them. It, it has to work that way. Right. They send the email. They make the phone call. You didn't want to be bothered, but there they are in your life. Mm -hmm. Secondly, they always want secrecy and uh, um, confidentiality. You see, they want to set up a conversation, whether it be by email or whether it be by phone, between just the scammer and the victim. They don't want anyone coming in between there that might tip the victim off that they're being scammed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Number three, they always want urgency and immediacy. You got to do this right now. Right. Uh, you know, the, the old grandparent scam. They would call and they would tell, you know, people their grandchild was in a jail down in Mexico. But here is the critical piece. If they didn't go down to the bank and get $5,000 and go down the money gram and send that off within 30 minutes, they would tell the grandparent that their grandchild's not going to be able to get out of jail. I have a, a short window to be able to release them. Well, how scary is that to put the life of a grandchild into the palm of a good, loving grandparent and give them 30 minutes mm -hmm. to do something about that. Right. But the adrenaline gets going, they turn off the thinking patterns, and they, they move because they know they're under pressure. You know, that's really a sad one um, because they're really pulling at the emotional heartstrings. Totally at the emotional heartstrings. I mean, one of the things they tell them is, and, and it may be a different scenario as it changes a little bit, but they'll tell them, uh, your grandchild that's in this uh, Mexican jail, uh, he's in there and there are a group of Mexican nationals who don't like Americans. And out loud, they're saying they're going to kill your grandson. Oh, wow. So it's more than just they're going to sit in a Mexican jail. It's that they might die if mm -hmm. I don't get the $5,000 to bail them out or whatever it might be. Right. All right, got wow. two more red flags. Go ahead. All right, number four, and this is pretty obvious to most of us, if it sounds too good to be true, 
It, it still is. <laughs> Been around forever. You know, Jill, I sometimes just for fun will tell people where that phrase came from. It came from our grandparents. Okay. Out of the Great Depression, people lost everything they had. They're trying to put a little food on the table for their family. And at that time, these get-rich-quick schemes rose up. Oh, my gosh, we're still there. They're everywhere. You know, if you just uh, go down and cash this check and send off a processing fee, your $2.1 million uh, uh, lottery check will be in the mail. We've got to just stop for a moment and say that can't possibly be real. Out of the bazillions of people in the world, they picked me. Right. And then number five just makes sense. These crooks want their money right away. Right. And so they either ask um, uh, them to get a gift card. Oh, it's amazing. Get an iTunes card uh, or, or get a Google card. I especially like that request when it comes from the IRS because I owe them money. I'm thinking, boy, the Internal Revenue Service must have a lot of people playing electronic games with all these Google cards that they're getting from older adults. But they want that money right away. And if they go buy a gift card, they come back home, they scratch off the silver paint on the back, read that number uh, to the uh, scammer, even if they're in India, and they can strip that money off the card right away. You're not going to believe what I'm going to tell you, my friend. Oh, make it good. Oh, it's not good. Oh. So, someone very close to me, not just someone, a couple, okay, received a phone call a couple of months ago, right around Christmas time, and said, there's a problem with your computer. We're calling, you know, Right. These are intelligent people, intelligent people, right? The next thing I know, one of them, of the couple, is staying on the phone with the scammer while the other one ran around to various department stores and places that would sell these credit cards, mm-hmm. that um, gift cards Loadable or whatever. Loadable gift cards. To the tune of $7,000. And I'll tell you one of the things that bothers me, Jill, I, I've got to believe that people in the retail market know when an older adult comes in and is buying these gift cards that is for a nefarious purpose. They've seen this. Uh, I actually had, uh, this was just so encouraging to me. I had a lady call me one day and she said, uh, she told me the story and it was very similar to yours where they wanted her to go down to a retail store and, and, and buy some kind of a gift card. And as she was picking them out, another customer said, oh, you're getting a bunch of gift cards. Are your grandchildren having birthdays? And she said, oh, no, I've got a problem with my computer and I'm getting them to get it fixed. And the other person said, ma'am, that's a scam. And she went ahead to tell her her own story all about it. And I just wanted to go, whoo-hoo, yay. What a blessing that that happened. And the people that this happened to are in their late 50s. These weren't, these weren't people that... Um, you know, are 70, 80 years old, they, they sometimes will target people who are just pre-retirement uh, where, you know, they have grandchildren, they're, they're kind of getting in, into that zone. And they ended up calling the police, but there was nothing that they could do because they bought these prepaid cards. Is what they were told. Oh, and as soon as they gave the number to the scammer, uh, again, that scammer is not in the United States. Mm-hmm. 
they're in India or Pakistan or Singapore. All they need is the registration number for that gift card. And wherever they are in the world, they can strip the money off. And it's never coming back. $7,000 they lost. Uh, you know, With... I, I want to remind uh, folks, if I can. Absolutely. You know, we're living in a computer world. We're all trying to get up to speed as quickly as we can. You know, I go to my grandson to ask for help probably as much as a, a lot of folks that are out there because he knows way more than I do at 15. But um, people have got to remember that nobody, nobody on the face of the earth knows if there's something wrong with their computer. Right. Even if that computer screen comes up that says your computer's infected and there's bells going off. And I, when it happened to me, Jill, there was actually an electronic voice saying your computer's infected. It's very scary looking. And then there's a number right there to call. And of course, that's the scammer's number. Right. And so as soon as the scammer gets it, they go into their, oh, there's something wrong with your computer. We've gotten a message on this. And ultimately, what they want, of course, is access to the computer. Mm -hmm. And they'll start moving the mouse around on the screen and showing the person that there's a problem with their computer. And then not only do they get any critical information in the computer, mm -hmm. bank account numbers, credit card numbers, social security numbers. That's why I always say to people, don't store any personal or financial information uh, on your hard drive. And then they, um, they tell them that they fixed it. But, of course, it's... $599 and they'll need a, a credit card or it's $799 and it doesn't end there. Oh, it just but, goes on and on. Well, the worst part about this one is they install malicious software on their computer and don't say anything. Oh. I have sent more people down to a computer store and every one of them have found malicious software on their computer after they got caught up. In, so it costs another $299 to get that removed off the computer. Right. It's just, a, it's a horrific scheme. It's it's just horrible. And I, I think you see it all. I mean, through your office, I bet very little would surprise you. Not very much surprises right? me. Let me finish off a thought, can Go I? Ahead. yes. Okay. You know, I told you that the crooks want their money right away, and so those gift cards that you just referred to. Let me remind at least your listeners in the United States, and I'm, I'm sorry I can't go beyond that, but there are two pieces of uh, legislation here in the United States that should tip off a lot of folks. Here's number one. Every foreign lottery prize or sweepstakes is illegal Ooh. in the United States. Okay, that's so, huge. Oh, if they get a letter saying they won a Canadian lottery or a Spanish lottery or a Mexican lottery, or a lot of people remember the old Irish sweepstakes, right. which <laughs> they, went, they went belly up so they don't exist anymore, it has to be a scam because it's against U.S. law. Okay. Secondly, U.S. law states, should you ever win, a prize or a lottery or sweepstakes. Let's say here in Colorado, you win the Colorado lottery or you go down to your, um, your local mall and they're giving a car away. Mm -hmm. You never have to pay one penny up front to get what you've won. Free is free. And if they want a processing fee or they need money for a certified check or they need money because a courier is going to come out and deliver, no, that's against U.S. law. And that ought to be a huge tip off right there. Wow. I didn't know that. Well, I'm good. I'm glad that we that's gave you something. And you guys just roll off your tongue. So, oh. you know, that, that tells me you're well versed in oh, yeah. answering phone calls. <laughs> any, any others? 
Uh, well, that I, that ends the five red flags of scams. Gotcha. Okay. It, well, there's plenty of other places to move, <laughs> and I'm sure you've got a list in front of you. I absolutely do. So we, you gave me a couple of years ago the top ten ways to pre- to prevent fraud, and we're going to go ten on down. Oh I'm, my gosh. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna read them to you, and then you talk about them. Okay. Alrighty. So don't withdraw or or wire money at the suggestion of a stranger. Okay, and and by the same, way, same a scammer is a stranger. Yeah, you know, I, it's funny for those of us that are a little bit older, and I'm I'm a senior. Right. Uh, what was one of the first pieces of advice our mother gave us? Never talk to strangers. <laughs> right. And you know, if we would just follow that, we would be safe because every scammer is a stranger to us. Right. But you know, people will do all kinds of things still. Live and in person, out in a parking lot, at a retail store. There, there used to be a very popular scam where someone would come up and they'd won a, a lottery in the state where they lived, but they were a, a in the country illegally. Oh. And so they couldn't collect their winnings. Could that person go to an ATM and get the money and they'd split the, you know, well— They'd go get the money and and disappear, you know, faster than than you and I can blink our eyes. So never, never wire money or get money for any kind of a stranger. Huge. All right, number nine. This hits home for me. Okay. My husband and I, uh, Jim, which you know, uh, we have been renovating our master bedroom and our bathroom. And it's cost us a pretty penny, right? So only hire licensed contractors. I have neighbors that have been taken where they they just moved into the home. They hired a contractor to come in. He tore everything apart. They paid him a pretty significant amount of money, and he's gone. Now, I was very fortunate. My nephew owns Vigio Construction. Give a little nod to him, Vigio <laughs> Construction Consulting. Um, and so his team has come in and done a phenomenal job. And through that, I posted it on webs- on my Facebook and things like that oh, because good. he's a reputable person. Right. And six or seven of my friends are now hiring them. But if you don't have that luxury to have a family member, and he has three general contractors that work on his team. So each team that goes out, they have great people that are knowledgeable. What do you do? Well, you know, the unfortunate thing is mostly through the United States, the rule of things like home repair is let the buyer beware. We're in a consumer society where we're supposed to check things out. But checking out a a lot of construction firms is absolutely pointless. They've got a website. They have no brick and mortar site. They're just kind of out there. So the suggestion you just made is absolutely fantastic for people. You said you've let several of your friends know. That's a great way to find someone who's going to do, you know, some kind of home construction job. Go through a friend who's had satisfaction, who's gotten a good report. And then I'm telling you, it is critical, even though we all hate it, it's critical to read the contract that is being put into your hands from that contractor. Right. Because so often there are the little clauses we can hardly even make out that may get us into trouble. You know, this brings up something else that uh, we haven't talked about before, but it was part of this. Uh, Check them out with the Better Business Bureau. Now, I have a little bone to pick here, Carrie, and I'll tell you why. The Better Business Bureau was calling me left and right when I started my company six years ago, right? Wanting me to work with them. You have to pay to be part of the Better Business Bureau. Now, I 
feel like I have a very reputable company. Right? I work with the University yes, of Colorado Hospital with their neurologists there. They have they have helped me significantly um, in finding people that need my services and I in turn, you know, reciprocate. So but in order for me to be part of the Better Business Bureau, it's a pretty good chunk of change that in my early years I couldn't really afford. Well, now I'm probably going to get in trouble, Jill. So, well, I don't want to get you in trouble. Take back where I work. And, no, <laughs> I, I will make this comment. I, I'm with you. In fact, you even pay for your rating with the Better Business Bureau. So the information about seeking a good company is maybe not always that helpful. Right. Here's what I think is helpful with the BBB. Okay. When people call in and make negative reports. Mm. And now I'm looking for a contractor. I've got their name. I call the Better Business Bureau and I say, do you have any positive or better yet, do you have any negative reports on this company? And gosh, they've got an arm length of bad reports on that company. That's a huge uh, send off for me. And, you know, uh, while we're on that same thing, uh, the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment and pretty much probably every state runs this way. And to our friends in foreign countries, my apologies that we're focusing on the U.S. right now. But you can look, even if you're trying to find a doctor, a dentist, a chiropractor, you can look on your local state website and you can look up these doctors and see if they have any um, negligence or any um, complaints against them, if they've had any lawsuits, if they've had any reprimands from via the state on their license. So there are ways that you can look these things up. People just are not aware of. They are. You don't have to trust a doctor. And and here, you know, you found out that the BBB, you know, it has paid subscriptions. But there is the good side, and the good side is the bad side. Right. When people call in and say, I got a bad job from such and such a company. Well, I'm sorry. I've always loved the BBB, but I was a little taken aback that I owed them uh, close to $1,000 just to work with them. And I was like, I don't think I want to do that. But uh, so I am not on the BBB, folks. I'm sorry. (laughs) Maybe someday, but not today. All right. Number eight, have your social security and other benefit checks direct deposited. Well, that's a must. Seems like a no-brainer. Oh, my gosh. I mean, uh, ID thieves love going around and stealing mail out of mailboxes, hoping just it's a lucky day. They know when uh, social security checks are going out. They go out the same time. I think it's, I don't know, the third Wednesday of the month or something like that. And if they're direct deposit on that day, you're safe. If it, a check comes on that day and thieves know that's the day that Social Security checks arrive, they can just go on the street, down the street, open the box. They usually put something on your mailbox, like they're starting a new lawn business or something like that. Mm. But they open the box, take out the mail, and just move on down the street. Oh, so wow. must direct deposit Social wow. Security checks. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will finish this conversation about the top 10 ways to prevent fraud. All right. Stay in there, folks. Living and working with Alzheimer's and other dementias can often be challenging. Summit Resilience Training provides education, utilizing non-medical approaches for those who work with our friends affected by dementia. 
believing families still need one-on-one assistance, we provide classes which help them understand the diseases affecting their loved ones, offering strategies and techniques for success with activities of daily living and working with confusing behaviors. We offer in-home assessments to clarify symptoms of dementia diseases and help families work together to find moments of joy while living with memory loss and impairment. Education programs instilling person-centered care philosophies are offered for professional caregivers working in communities and homes, which can be customized for their staff. Training is also available for first responders, such as law enforcement, fire, and EMT personnel. We are passionate that people with dementias, such as Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, and others, are approached with compassion and understanding, and those who work with them have all the tools they need for success. Call us at Summit Resilience Training, 303-420-6988 to schedule a class or in-home assessment. Visit our website at summitresiliencetraining.com for more information. Welcome back to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. We're back, and I have Carrie Johnson with me. And what's your exact title? You work at Crimes Against Seniors. I'm the Director of Crime Prevention for the Jefferson Gilpin District Attorney's Office in Colorado. Okay, and that's a big job. Jefferson County is huge. Well, we have the largest older adult population in the state of Colorado. And as we know, they're often more susceptible to scams and those types of things. That's right. And so today, folks, we're talking about ways to keep yourself safe and what you need to do if something happens and you are scammed. So does every state have an office like yours? Oh, I would have no idea. Um, I know I started uh, the program that that I use, had a wonderful, wonderful, smart colleague that uh, instructed me and helped me get off the ground. Uh, we started at the Denver District Attorney's Office, and then I was asked to take it to two other district attorney's offices. So here in Colorado, we have uh, at least four okay. that have a crime prevention program, um, but I have no idea. If... Well, that's okay, but let's just think that if they are scammed like this, maybe they should call and ask if there is someone in the police station that works or in the county that works against crimes against seniors or crime prevention. Well, if, they're, if they're in law enforcement, they're going to have gotten lots of calls. Right. We, we happen to have set up what we call a fraud hotline okay. for people to call and get information. But we're 15 years into having that, so at this point in time, the word's really gotten out. People utilize that a lot. But you and I both know they're probably going to pick up the phone and call local law enforcement first. Right. Well, that's okay. So we were talking about the top 10 ways to prevent fraud. And we are now on number seven. Don't keep your purse, checkbook, laptop, computer, or other identifying information in your car, people. Don't do it. (laughs) Uh, Where do we get the idea that there's a big gate around uh, the retail parking lot that keeps bad guys out? (laughs) They love coming down there. They will just walk the parking lot looking into the backs of cars for a purse sitting on the, the a passenger side floorboard, a backpack sitting in the back seat. Well, you know, first of all, if, you, if you're not high tech, a nice ball peen hammer gets one of those windows in a second. Absolutely. And if not, they've got the mechanism to open that lock in a heartbeat. Oh, absolutely. Here's another one. Don't carry your social security card around with you. Please don't do that or your checkbook. Well, leave, it, leave them at home. It right? is imperative. <laughs> I, I, I was uh, talking with a high school group uh, last week. 
And uh, it was interesting talking to those kids because most of them have just seen their Social Security card for the first time when they went down and applied for a job. And, and you know, their parents had to give it to them. They had to bring the physical card down right. uh, to show their employer. And I said to them, now, when you're through with that, don't put it in your wallet. Don't put it in your backpack because there is no place for a Social Security card being in a wallet, a purse, a backpack, whatever you might use. It is not a legal form of identification. Right. But we have to remember that the federal government uses it a lot. They use it for, all, obviously, all of our Social Security uh, um, you know, conversations. Right about now, we're putting it on every page of our internal revenue tax forms. Right. So don't leave those copies sitting in the back of your car. By all means, when you go and photocopy them, don't leave one under the glass because it's got your social on it. One of the things I'll say that I, I'm, I'm plotting here quietly so I don't uh, bump the mic. Uh, I, I'm applauding the federal government because after years and years and years and years, they finally took the Social Security number off a Medicare card and gave Medicare recipients a random number. So I still do have to say to some older adults, if you have that old card and you just didn't bother taking it out of your purse and wallet, it's got your social on there. Get that thing out of there. Destroy it because you've got a new card at this point. You know, I'm amazed how many people don't do that. So that was a big one to me. <laughs> now, here's a good one. Uh, get your free credit report. Oh, my gosh. See what's on there. Uh. Well, not only that, but, you know, do crime prevention yourself. Mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier that with a Social Security number, crooks can open credit in Jill's name, in your name, Jill, mm -hmm. anywhere in the world. But here's the hitch to that. You don't know it. Right. And now they get a credit card sent to their address. It's not going to your address. Mm -hmm. The bills are going to their address. It's not going to your address. And they max out that credit card. And, and maybe three, four, five months after it's been issued, you get a call from a debt collector some night mm -hmm. saying, how come you're not paying, making your payments on your credit card? Mm -hmm. And you go, I don't have a credit card with you. And they go, yeah, you do. Uh, it was opened about five months ago, and it's maxed out now. So... Unless you're getting your credit reports, you have no way to know. You know, I'm not sure how it happened, but I had something similar like that. And it wasn't somebody in another country. It was somebody in Aurora, Colorado. Oh, my gosh. And they opened a credit card and bought a bunch of things at Park Meadows. You betcha. And I caught it right away because I have a check on there. I have subscribed to my bank to let me know when somebody's messing with my bank account or my credit cards. So I have a check that uh, lets me know if there's been, you know, I, I've had it when I've gone out of the country and I forgot to tell my bank that I'm out of the country. Bad and news. they And they cut my card <laughs> off. Yeah. Well, I had to have that happen one time, but I was grateful for that. Right? Well, sure, because all of a sudden you're getting some protection you didn't even know you had. That's exactly Makes it a little right. difficult to check out of your hotel in Paris, but... <laughs> Um, you know, it, it's a good reminder for folks. Things are changing all the time. I'm glad to say businesses are, are getting more with it. I think they finally lost enough money, Joe, that they're, they're really being proactive about some of these security uh, measures. So tell folks to keep looking for the new measures. Uh, there are credit cards now that will uh, email you or text you uh, if a large amount's being charged on your card. Mm -hmm. um, I, one of my credit cards will email me if I didn't sign 
uh, for the charges. And it'll say, you know, unsigned charges appeared on your credit card. And it gives me a quick chance to check those out and maybe even to stop them. Oh, I love that. Now, that gets to the next one. Number four is never sign legal papers. Make an investment or sign mortgage documents without reading and understanding what you're signing. No matter how much you trust the person sitting across from you. Uh, Pay attention. Just this morning, uh, I talked to an uh, older lady, and they're trying to refinance their house. And she said to me, they keep reading that contract so fast, and I don't understand the words, and I don't understand everything that they're saying. And I said to her, you know what you want to do? Stop. Right. Just slow down. That's exactly right. You know, find some free legal help, and I, and I happen to provide that for her, who can read over this contract. But my biggest concern and one of the worst things in the world, Jill, that we see are when family members exploit older adults. Absolutely. Parents or grandparents. Right. And many times they do that by just putting papers in front of them, giving the premise that they're helping their mom and dad or helping their grandparents, but I just need you to sign a couple forms here. And they end up signing a power of attorney. Right. Or they end up adding someone's signature to their bank account. You don't sign anything. Mm -hmm. that you don't completely know what it's about. Well, that's exactly right. And that leads to number three, choose your power of attorney with extreme caution and care and set up a system of checks and balances so no one person has complete control. Now, I've got to say, I I may get in trouble here because um, I quoted Colorado law. But people need to speak because uh, I don't care what state you live in, what country, because powers of attorney are are worldwide uh, legal documents, uh, you need to look for any safety measures that are there. What happens if you give a power of attorney to someone? They become you. Yes. They have control of your bank. They have control of your retirement funds. They have control of a trust. And if it's only one person, there's no one looking over their shoulder. They can go down, they can empty the the bank account out for a mom or a dad or a grandparent. And that person may have no idea because they're not getting the statements anymore. The power of attorney is. So you have to look. But here in Colorado, for instance, you can have two people be power of attorney. So there's some checks and balances. Mm -hmm. And you can even have a list of advisors who have to see big decisions uh, and review them before they're made so that there can be some... um, Notifying of law enforcement before exploitation occurs. And with that, uh, I had a situation again with someone that I know who was frauded by his son Mm -hmm. and his son's wife. And it ended up being the biggest fraud case Jefferson County has ever seen. And it was decided that um, these two people should be heavily punished. And I was very pleased with the judge who gave them eight years in prison. Well, I hope there was some restitution too. Uh, well, there was supposed to be, but there really hasn't been because they spent all that money. And, and, it, was, the... and it was close to $2 million. Oh my gosh, Jill, you're yeah. scaring me. I'm telling you. And, you know, here's a simple question. How do older adults recoup? $2 million. You can't. Unless they're paid back immediately, they're probably never going to see much of that money. Uh, it, it's just said, first of all, the older adults' lives are, uh, you know, forever altered. 
They will never be the same. They will never have the same kind of financial resources, even though they worked hard, saved hard, you know, made all the plans for the retirement years uh, that are there. And then secondly, um, I sometimes say, I'll use a story about an older daughter who stole everything from her mother, and she had a younger sister and a brother. Well, we prosecuted her, and she went to jail for quite a while, too, Joe. Um, But I said to myself, they're not going to be spending Christmas dinner together ever again. Right. Because that younger brother and that younger sister are not happy with their older sister who's in jail. You know, it, it, it's shocking. And to this day, the person that I was speaking of who was frauded to that degree has had to go back to work after retiring for 42 years. No, uh, there's no pension left. There's nothing. Um, so that particular person has to work for the rest of his life um, in some way, shape, or form. And luckily, he has a, a skill and a trade and could go back in the, the field that he was in and has been brought on um, a big project and is able to recoup some of that, but he'll never. But he's a he's an aberration where he has the ability to make some money yes, at this is. point in time where there's a lot of people that that's it. They're, and, and they're drained. Just, they're I'm done. I'm going to make a, a, a frank statement. I hope mm-hmm. not to offend anyone, but it is the truth. Because of the greed, sheer greed of one person, Someone else's life, and too often it's a family member, is irreparably damaged Absolutely. forever. So when they get big prison sentences, I'm doing cartwheels. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> well, I'm right behind you, so I we'll be a show it. together. huh? All right. So we have two more, and okay. then we'll go on to a different subject. Don't talk to strangers. You just said to that. On the phone, at your door, or on the street. I should have known that was coming up. That's... Get a ring system, people. Get a ring system. You cannot be home and you can see somebody at your front porch and say get off my porch it's so much fun to do that that we ever put into our house although i have to go home and solve a a mystery at my house today (laughs) my ring system rang at 5 48 this morning so I don't know if somebody was messing with me or what was going on. But, uh, yeah, don't talk to strangers. Don't open the door, especially if you're an older adult. Uh, look out your peephole if you've got one. And just don't give them even, uh, you know, we used to say, a foot in the door because now they're through. We don't want that happening. Well, we see all kinds of things on these ring systems and these other um, devices that can do the same type of thing. But it doesn't cost that much, folks. It's a couple hundred dollars. It's well worth the price. And uh, get different cameras because you can see um, delivery people who are dropping your pres- your presents, your packages off and then taking them with them. You can see all kinds of things. Well, there's interesting things, too. We have one of those neighborhood watch groups. Yeah. And uh, about two months ago now, I live in Colorado. Those of you that are listening, you know, figured that out. Um, I live in suburbia, and someone two blocks over had a picture of a mountain lion on their front porch. So you never know what ring's going to pick up. Well, that's exactly right. Now, number one, if in doubt, call the district attorney's office where you live and get on their fraud hotline. Give somebody a call and let them know. Get over being embarrassed or ashamed. If you were frauded, tell someone you could have some help, some restitution, or keep somebody else from having the same problem. So for goodness sake, report it. Slow down and smell the roses. There's lots of help out there. We've got to allow, especially when they scare us, 
you know, or they give us that, you know, the world's greatest news, you just won $2.1 million. We need to slow down, let the adrenaline drop off, because I don't want anybody leaping before they look. Right. We want them to slow down, take a good look at what's happening in their life, and then get the help they need. Right. Now, you and I have worked together on some different cases. So it doesn't always have to be like a fraud on the phone or something like that, right? No. Um, it, and just, just crimes against seniors for the most part. Um, when I see someone who is being um, abused by a loved one, we need to call that in. Well, You know, I'm a mandatory reporting agent. I don't have the luxury of just acting like I don't see it. I can address it with the person that I saw it with or what have you. But I report these things when I see it. Oh, well, I have to by law. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, there are only two states in the United States that don't have an elder abuse reporting law. So most of the people we're listening to, they may need to check it out. There may be different requirements as to what kinds of people are mandatory reporters. But there's a great um, growing uh, movement of protecting our older adults because they are so Vulnerable. So vulnerable. And then, Jill, your show is about uh, Alzheimer's and all of its various forms. And many times they're very early stage. They may represent as though they don't have the disease at all. And the, a crook gets a hold of them, it can be absolutely disaster. Oh, devastating. And they will literally pay for, you know, uh, the, those cute little puppies and kittens, you know. And those are, sometimes those are reputable places, but they will mark too much in the, in the box that they will pay. Or, you know, they want to send $250, but they mark that they're going to do it every month and they don't realize it. If that were to happen, how can they shut off? How can a family member maybe freeze the credit card or something? No, oh, that's really really a hard one, especially if they've marked that they want a recurring payment. And, and, and the reason that it's hard is that most of these people don't answer their phone. Yeah. They're happy that they got the form back that they can automatically withdraw $250 a month. Mm -hmm. But they know if they're getting a phone call, it's probably from someone who's unhappy. So um, one of the things, and, and I don't want to get anyone in trouble here, but, um, you know, try to make the call, try to leave a message that says, I want you know, this automatic withdrawal stopped and then tell your bank, stop it and don't allow it to be renewed from that point on. You made the point about me working with people with Alzheimer's and various dementias. So I want to give you a couple of real things that have happened since the last time I saw you. So this is my one of my biggest pet peeves. I had a call from a woman who put down a deposit at a care community. Okay. And it was a, a, a group home setting, and this group has several in the metro area. They told this woman that she had a room for her husband in this one community that was relatively close to her house, and they took a $1,500 deposit. They called her a couple of weeks later and told her that they had a room, but it was way across in your land when she lives in Aurora. So it was way across on the west side of the Denver metropolitan area. People, for those of you who don't know, it's close to 50 miles apart. And she's a senior with bad eyes. It, things weren't going to work. 
they said that they had done a care plan meeting and they had done all this information uh, that earned them the money, so they refused to give it back to her, when in fact they had not done anything. So I involved the local CDPHE, Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment, for all of you out there, and they didn't really have a lot of power because that person wasn't in the community at the time, right? But they tried to help me uh, to get this community to give the money back. They dug their heels in and refused. So I decided to call some of my friends at the local media, and we did a story. Lo and behold, within 20 minutes of Isaac from Channel 7 showing up at their door, uh, they sent her a check back. I also had an attorney that I work with send him a very strong letter saying this is not a good idea. Um, but... You know, I can't always solve things like that. No, but uh, I always want to say, as the older adults are so kind. They're, they're the gracious generation. They're right. so nice that too often they back away and say, well, I shouldn't have done that, but I guess that's a live and learn for me. I, Jill, I wish they would uh, adopt the attitude that you had for your friends, and that is press a little farther. Look for those avenues that may be out of the norm who can provide you some assistance. I agree with you. I have sent numbers of people to one of the local TV channels that have these investigative reporters, and that's been a very successful path. It really is. One that we worked on, um, and I, I don't want to get sued, so I'll just be kind of vague about it, but the old keto diet and supplement will cure Alzheimer's. We have somebody in the United States who is getting very, very wealthy by telling people in his book and through um, misinformation that is not correct. And finally, I was able to get the Alzheimer's Association to take a stand. And I've had seven different neurologists look at his information, and they have all claimed this guy is not being truthful. His clinical study is not real. and But yet people continue to give their life savings $20,000, $30,000 to something that is not real. Well, there are a lot of uh, situations out there that are just fly under the radar. Uh, sometimes I think, Jill, some of these people have better attorneys than, you know, uh, attorneys out there with a big civil practice. And they know the extreme of the law where they just step over the line and where they stay under the line. Mm -hmm. And so often they are just right under the line where they can't be prosecuted or charged with a crime, and yet they're still doing something that you and I probably would very blatantly call uh, fraudulent. Absolutely. Here's another one. This might be a new one for you. I have been doing a lot of advocacy, not because I want to, but because people call me when they're in trouble. So a gentleman here in Denver let me know that his mother had purchased a new security system for her home in Arizona when she already had one. And she was paying $3,000 a month for the old one, and the new company came in, stripped the old one out to put a brand new one in, but never told the old company how they wouldn't know. I don't know. Uh, but they were charging her 4000 So she was paying $7,000 a month for two different systems. And they didn't even take the whole thing out. They just took out, like, they, di they didn't take it out. They disconnected like the motherboard kind of thing. Sure. 
And uh, again, I had to get on the phone with this company and say, you know, we can let the court of public opinion decide this in the media if you really want to pursue this because you're taking advantage of a person with Alzheimer's. Well, we actually had that in uh, Jefferson County. Not exact identical, but uh, this company that would come around. And, of course, they had a great deal for a, a security system, you know, but they needed to buy that today. And so the older person would sign on the line, didn't read the, the contract. That's the worst part. A crew was around the corner, and they would be there in about 15 minutes. They would be installing that thing, cheap equipment, not a very good job. But before the older adult even had a chance to read the paperwork, think about what they had or hadn't agreed to, that system was in. And then they, of course, got charged some ridiculous fee. You know, we hear all these different things, and you and I can spot them a thousand paces, right? Right. But as you said, this is the gracious group that they're targeting. And it really offends me when it's somebody with a type of dementia that is not culpable for the decisions they are making. And now they, the families are trying to scurry around to try to mitigate the damage, and it's a nightmare. Well, Jill, I'm going to make – this is an opinion, and I hope your audience will take it as an opinion. Um, but I have been doing what I, I do now, crime prevention, for 19 years. So there's an awful lot I've seen, heard, whatever. I, I believe in my heart of hearts – that these scammers that call, particularly ones that are uh, from overseas who already think, uh, you know, every American is rich beyond their imagination and, you know, have more than enough money to live 200 years, they've <laughs> gone through extensive training. It's not like they just picked up a phone and began calling people. They have been well-trained. They have a series of answers to make connections with people, to make a a religious connection, to make some kind of a a group or club connection like Rotary or, or Kiwanis. I believe in my heart of hearts they have a series of questions to at least probe the idea that someone may be early dementia. Mm-hmm. And that they just have some questions that they may ask more than once to see if there's a memory issue. But if they can uh, discover or they believe they have found someone with early dementia, I think they just go in for the kill. They absolutely do. And this is why I'm so grateful when you come on the show because I need people to be aware. Be aware of your surroundings when someone approaches you in a parking lot you know, don't don't talk to them. Don't uh, don't help them out by going to the bank and cashing a check for them, or don't do it. And well, if we're talking about older adults, Jill, and I know you've got some of them in your listening population absolutely. here, they're the most trusting, honest generation that ever lived, and they just don't believe, for instance, that someone would lie to them. Well, scammers are about lies from start to finish, and so the hard thing is. I don't want anyone to be paranoid. That's mm-hmm. not good for you. That's not good for me. Right. It certainly isn't good for our older adults. But I want them to be vigilant. Absolutely. I want them just to have kind of that sixth sense of what's happening around them. Don't lose so much uh, of your awareness into what's going on, the shopping, the talking with friends. Just have a vigilance. Because I'm sorry to say not everyone in the world today is trusting and honest like our older generation. Well, and that's true. And and the bottom line is if something like this happens to you, tell someone. Mm. 
Tell someone. Call your local law enforcement. Look for a fraud hotline uh, on the web. I can't thank you enough. Can I have you back again sometime? Oh, I love coming down here and talk, talking this, with you. So This is so great because I know we brought up things today good. that people have not thought about. And as long as we can keep it on the forefront and we can continue to keep this conversation fluid, maybe less people will be, you know, victims. Well, Jill, that's the key. Crime prevention is saying this. We never want you to become a victim in the first place. And if we can help with that, so be it. Well, I love you and I love what you do. God bless you. And uh, come back again because we can we could talk all day long. We could. We we actually didn't cover a lot of things like mail fraud and things like that that we probably could have. But we will hopefully continue to bring you great resources and things to think about and to be vigilant about. And I hope all of you have a wonderful week. I'll see you next week on Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. You've been listening to Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz. To learn more about her resources, services, classes, or to book speaking engagements, visit Jill's website at summitresiliencetraining.com. A new podcast drops every Tuesday, so join us as we learn more about dementias, resilience, and overcoming obstacles to find a positive outcome. Dementia Resilience with Jill Lorenz can be found on your favorite podcast provider. Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating. Musical and technical support provided by Brian Hunter. See you next week.